0: Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at bushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting
1: thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, good to see you, church. Thank you so much uh, for being here. Uh, man, I love starting service of baptism. Woo! So you saw about half. We've got about another half to do second service. We did 18 last month. We'll do 15 this month. Uh, that's moving some water, amen, so that's good stuff. So we celebrate that. We love that. We love to be a part of a church uh, that's seeing lives changed and the water's moving, and uh, we're, we're pumped about that. So in the series, Experiencing God, um, we jumped into that this fall. We've got a couple more weeks left in that, but we are on reality number six. Guys, if you'll throw that diagram up real quickly. Um, so this is the diagram that we've been on all week, I mean all, all fall. Uh, Number one, God's always at work. We've kind of nailed that down. Uh, Secondly, he's at work for the relationship with you and me. God's always working. He never stops working. What he's trying to do is he's trying to bring his people into relationship with him through Jesus Christ. Then the invitation begins because he invites us to be a part of what he's doing. He speaks to us. We know that God still speaks. We've nailed that down. God speaks. So last week, uh, two weeks in a row, we looked at crisis of belief because that's a big deal. Crisis of belief, this number five and number six is where most people get derailed. Okay, we'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. But, but crisis of belief. So today I'm looking at adjustments. After the crisis of belief, you have to make adjustments. Here's the reality. I must make adjustments in my life. To join God in what he's doing. When, when you face a crisis of belief, that's, and you know that's God, then to, to go with God or to go where God wants you to go, there must be adjustments. There must be adjustments. People, I said this earlier, people miss out on experiencing God in two primary reasons. Two primary areas that they miss out. Number one is in the crisis of belief. They, they're met with a crisis of belief. It's going to require faith. There's not enough in the tank. They pull the rip cord and they bail. Crisis of belief, once you push through the crisis of belief and to say, my God, can, then you face adjustments. Most people jump ship on crisis of belief are adjustments they know it's God they heard God they know that's what God said to them but they're unwilling to make the moves or the adjustments that it takes to keep going these are two major areas I have had people text me over the last two weeks crisis of belief have hit me head on they will hit you head on I've been there I've told that story okay They're not exempt of the senior pastor, I promise. Adjustments have to happen. James 2.17, we looked at a little bit last week. James 2.17 says this. In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Okay, let me help you with something. Crisis of belief is met with faith. See, when you have a crisis of belief, you're staring straight at faith. Is my God who he says he is? Is the God that I say I serve big enough to do that? Can he do that? Has the promise that he spoke over me, am I going to walk out? See, Christ's belief is faith. Okay? Action on the other side of faith is where the adjustments are made. If you don't have, if you don't have action, you don't have faith. You say, well, man, I, I got a lot of faith, preacher. Tell me the last thing God told me, told you to do, and no, are you doing it? Ooh, not exactly. There is not a not exactly. <laughs> you can't be half dead, half pregnant, amen? You either all in or you're not. Come on. You can't say I'm, I'm doing half of the faith that God requires. Uh-uh. All or none, babe. It's a full meal deal, okay? It's in a vending machine. You get a plate, fill it up. Got to have some sides on that plate, all right? I mean, you've got to be all in. Faith requires action. If there's not action, then there was never faith. There was a feeling. God didn't say you have feelings. He gave you feelings. He didn't want you walking in feelings. He wants you walking in faith. Walking in faith. James 2.22 says this. You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what by what he did. when was his faith made complete when it why what it did what did his faith make complete by what he did you can't have faith without action because scripture says it's dead it, if your faith isn't moving you into making adjustments then all you've had is a warm, fuzzy, feel-good moment, camp experience with Jesus. That's enough of those. we got T-shirts everywhere, okay? It is time for more than T-shirts. It is time for flat-out faith that says, I heard God, and I'm willing to make whatever adjustments it takes to get there. Yes. Period. Yes. I know that's a hard word, but we're, we're, we're absent of hard word today, okay? We need to say simply, faith in the Bible takes action. You can't just have faith if there's no action partnered with it. These adjustments that we're going to look at, we're going to look at six of them, these adjustments may relate to your thinking, to your circumstances, to your relationships, to commitments, to actions, and belief. I want you to look at a very powerful prophetic word from Isaiah's gospel look at Isaiah 54 go to Isaiah 54 look at verse 2 Isaiah 54 2 kind of go in the middle of your Bible and I bet you get darn close to Isaiah all right Isaiah 54 2 listen to this word enlarge the place of your tent stretch your tent curtains wide do not hold back Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Oh, my goodness gracious. Some of y'all, like, I don't get it. You're about to. That is a massive word right there. That is a powerful text. How many of you know this as parents? When that baby comes along, it changes everything. I mean, does it not change everything? Everything. All of a sudden, the house is absolutely designed and built for the baby. Everything. Every room, every place. Now the house not big enough. Everything adjusts. My schedule adjusts. My commitments adjust. The places I go adjust. People that come over adjust. Everybody adjusts around the baby. Can I tell you something to you? when his presence comes into your life? It changes everything. It changes your family. It'll change your church. Your tents won't be big enough. Your stakes won't be strong enough. You better better lengthen the curtains, baby, because my God is going to occupy a big seat. He changes everything. See, to this world today, we have this, I'm going to accept Jesus, but I'm going to keep doing everything I was doing before Jesus, and I'm just going to add him to my life. Excuse me, you didn't get saved. You, you, you didn't meet my Jesus. Jesus is not going to share your house. He is taking over your house. He ain't got to, don't want a room in your house. He wants the house. He doesn't want part of your life. He wants all of it. He did not hang half his legs on the cross. He hung them all up there with his top part of his body also. He died fully for you. He wants full of you. Don't give him a little bit of leftover. Don't add him to your busy schedule. Don't say, if we got room, if we can't work it out this weekend, we'll go to church. No, no. We don't work it out. We can go to church. Our our life begins working around church Sunday, around it. You say, well, preach, you don't understand. Schedules today is a lot different than it was back when you were a kid. Maybe true. But the same Jesus yesterday, today, and forever, he still is 100% worthy of everything we sacrifice and everything we give up. Everything. Everything. Listen to this statement. You can't stay where you are and go with God at the same time. You cannot stay where you are. And go with God at the same time. It's just totally impossible. So I got a row. I got six things I want to mention. Uh, six areas of adjustments. Okay. Now this is not an exhausted list, but this is just a list I put together. Six areas. Number one, you may have to adjust your thinking. I may have to adjust my thinking. Okay. Romans twelve two says this: Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will Amen. some of my adjustments my faith adjustments to action is i have got to change the way i think about my small god my 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 god in my little peanut is too small my god in scripture in worship is huge I've got to get my peanut the same size as my worship. Amen. How many of you have children at home and you understand the importance of flushing? If you've got multiple bathrooms, especially one upstairs, I think a parent's greatest fear is go upstairs to a bathroom. You haven't been up there in a couple days, maybe a week, because your kids go up there. I would highly suggest that you make the walk upstairs. And if you're brave enough, just go in there. And if the lid's down, pray and then open the lid. Because it might need flushed. It might need flushed. Do you know what happens when you don't flush? Whatever is left begins to set the aroma of the house. There's a reason that guys in a football locker room, when you walk in, you say, "Guys, it stinks in here. They smell nothing. They smell nothing. Nothing. Because they've got a use to the smell. Some of us have gotten used to our stinking thinking, our small thinking of God. And God says, I need you to think bigger about who my God is. I need you to go over to the toilet Because you haven't flushed your thinking in a long time. And flush that little lever and let all those small thoughts about that small God go. And let me fill this up with a big God that's going to be bigger than you could ever think or imagine. Some of our thinking about who God is is too small. Just too small. Listen to me. Put your small thinking in in, in this word right here. And see if your small thinking doesn't start getting bigger. Because my God does not fit here. He fits outside of here. My God cannot fit in my mind. He needs to blow my mind. He needs to set me at all. How long has it been since your God set you at all? I'm at awe of what God did. I'm speechless about what God did. I love it. When I said one well, what what happened today? Pooh. I'm not Mm, I'm just bored. What well, I'm trying You need to Mmm. I'm just I don't even know how to say it. It was just God. It was just God. It was so good. I don't even know what to say. Don't have words. It doesn't have words. Got to increase your thinking, adjust your thinking. Number two, I got to adjust my circumstances. My my circumstances need to adjust. I need adjustments in my circumstances. My my circumstances need to change. Listen to the statement. Many people today don't want their circumstances to change because their circumstances have become their identity. Mmm. There's a story in the Bible in John chapter 5, verse 6. There's a man, he's been sitting at the pool of Bethesda for many, many years, probably about 30 something years. He can't walk on his own, he has to have help. There's a theory that when the water stirs, the first one in the water gets healed. This man's laid here forever. Jesus comes walking by one day. I love his question. He doesn't say, Can I help you up? Can I be your legs? Can I do anything for you? Here's the question that he asked the man. Do you want to get well? <laughs> do you want to get well? That's a great question. Do you want to get well? I know people today, they don't really want to get well. Because their circumstance has got them trapped. Their God's bigger than their circumstance. He can redeem them out of their circumstances. He can set them free. He can change their circumstances. But they don't really want it because their identity is stuck to that. And if that changes, then they change. And they can no longer use that as an excuse. My God doesn't need excuses. He asked me simply this. Do you want to stay like this or you want to get well? Because if you want to get well, I'm a well maker. I can make you well. I can change it all. But you got to surrender that to me. You got to let me have your circumstances because as long as you have them, they won't change. When you give them to me, I'll change them, and I'm going to change your circumstance most of the time by changing you. Yes. Because many people, when they see the King for who the King really is, and He changes them and He changes their identity, their circumstances change, yes. and they stand up not like a wet pretzel, but like a fighter and a warrior and a man of God. And they go. Too many people are happy being a wet pretzel. Wet pretzels—they're just nasty. <laughs> You got to be more than a wet presser, Amen. You got to get some salt on and stand up. Be good. be, Be the man God called you to be. Many people are trapped by the circumstances. Don't be trapped by your circumstances. Make the adjustment. Make the adjustment. Number three, relationships. My relationships need to change. I've got bad company. Bad company, and it corrupts me. Bad company. Listen to me. You can't be a man after God's own heart living with a bunch of men who are not after God's heart. Because they will speak down to your God and before long in your weakness, you'll begin to believe their little God and not not trust your big God. You've you've got to put people around you that affirm and speak into your life about how God is and who God is. You You can't get it here and go there and keep it. You can't. He said, well, these are friends of mine for a long time, and I can't cut them off. I'm not asking you to cut them off. I'm asking you to change the scenery. You can keep them if you need to. Okay, I'm all about that. But, but here's the deal. You're going to have to put some people around your life that sharpen you. You're going to have to put some people around you that speak into you more than what those guys are speaking into you. Okay? You, you, you can't do life with people who have a little God and have a big God. If you've got a big God, you've got to do life with people that have a big God. They'll stretch your big God. Don't forget the people are little gods. You've got to go after them, but they cannot be your sounding board. They cannot. You've got broken relationships, broken relationships break God's heart. The adjustments that you need to make are in relationships. You need to restore relationships that are broken. I promise you. And if you've got unforgiveness, hmm, unforgiveness will stop the work of God in your life—it'll cut it off. If if you're going to go with God, and you're going to be all that God wants you to be, the adjustments that you mean you may need to make are in relationships. They may need to be in unforgiveness. And I I'm, I'm, I promise you, unforgiveness will absolutely shut off the voice of God in your life. It will. It did for me for years, for years it will. Adjustments that you may have to make are in, in relationships. Number four, and this a biggie, in my commitments, in my commitments. I want you to go to Hebrews, go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, listen to verse two, I mean, listen to verse one. Hebrews 12, one, therefore, remember when I, when you see therefore in the scripture, you, want to, you always want to ask, what's that therefore, therefore? Therefore, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let me ask you a question. Whose race are you running? Whose race are you running? The race marked out for you by the king or the race the world wants you to run? We got a lot of church people running the world's race, and that's not their race. You need to run the race that the Father said race. You can't go 110 with the world and find room to run with Jesus. You're going to be so dang worn out and tired, and your schedule is so crazy, you won't have time for the commitment that really matters, and that's the one to worship in the Lord. We've got a world out there running. They're, they're, they're running, man, but they're running after a race that they are not intended to run. And I know all that stuff's fun, there's a season for that, but you have got to seriously sit down before you commit to everything that comes along and ask some one simple question. Father, God, do you want us to do it? God, do you want me to do this? Do you want our kids to do this? Do do my kids need to do this? The world says they do, but what does the Father say about my kids? Do they need to? We're not asking that question. We're running race that the world says you got to run. Well, the Father says run the race that I've marked out for you. Run that race. So look at your commitments. They may need to adjust. I'm not saying they do, but they may need to adjust. Number five, my actions. My actions may need to adjust. I have an anger problem. I have a temper problem. I have a mouth problem. I have an overreaction problem. See, sometimes our, re- our actions, mm, they cut off what God's trying to do. God's taking us to a whole new level. God's, you're stepping out in faith. You want to be all that God wants you to be. You're going. You're putting some action behind your faith. But there's some baggage back here. There's some junk back here you haven't dealt with. If, if anger is an issue for you, you've got to get a handle on your anger. And the only way to get a handle on your anger is for you to die in that area. If you will have a personal funeral daily in that area, the father who is into the resurrection will raise you up to walk the life that you didn't think you could walk. And don't tell me granddad had anger problem and my dad had anger problem and that's just the way I am, honey. Mm, come on, Jesus died for that. No, we ain't doing just they had it, I got it. No. It, no. No, no, no. Anger is not a God. It doesn't come from God. It doesn't please God. You got to deal with the anger. You can't do it. He can give it to him. Mike Minke says the greatest word in the Christian life is surrender. Absolutely, man. You got to surrender that. Same thing with temper. Same thing with mouth. James is pretty clear. And James is written to the Christians, written to believers. James says nobody can tame the tongue. It's evil. Spits out poison. But you know who can? The maker of the tongue. See, the maker of the tongue never had a problem with the tongue. Okay? The one the tongue was given to, Mm, that's a whole other story. All right? Listen to me. Bite your tongue, but do more than bite your tongue. Lay your tongue on the altar and say, God, you made the tongue. You control my tongue. And you'll bite it more than you ever thought you could. And it won't hurt. All right? Holy Spirit will bite that tongue. Your mouth will quench what God's trying to do in your life. See, if you're going to step out in faith and put some action behind your faith, but your mouth is not surrendered to the king, you're going to run everybody off. Your mouth will kill it. Some people's mouths are not in what they say out there. It's what they say to themselves. Yeah. Greatest fight in my life is that right there. That's my greatest fight. You can ask my wife and my kids. My greatest trap is words I say to me, not what words. I, I can take words from other people all day long and do. I'm like, bring it. Right, that's fine. Thank you. Thank you. But see, when when I say it to myself, it penetrates a whole different level. But see, I spent all of elementary while I stuttered and went to the second grade twice and and, and couldn't speak and couldn't spell. I told myself I was that. I, I started early telling myself I wasn't enough. And I still at 54 suffer from it. When I'm tired and when I'm weak and when the enemy knows, that's my number one bait in my tackle box, bud. Number one, top water lure is that. He can put it on, dancing in front of me, and I'll bite it every time. I promise you. But fortunately, I have a great lady in in my life, and I have guys in my life just speaking to me and say, you need to turn that off, preacher. They're getting to you. You, You're talking to yourself. Quit talking to yourself. That's very transparent. Now you can walk around and say, that preacher at Bush, he got problems. (laughs) 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 I do, I do. Last one's this. Adjustments that may need to happen. The last one's a big one. My beliefs. My beliefs. I'm being stretched in my beliefs, and I don't know what to do. Mm. I'm being stretched in my beliefs, and I don't know what to do. I've been there, done that. Can anybody in here know that stretching is good for you? How many of you stretch? Well, you know, I think about it. I know. I think about it a lot too, all right? When you're stretching, it hurts. But if you do it and then you finish, you stand up and go, Oh, that felt good. Let yourself be stretched. I've been stretched many, many times in my beliefs. Many times. Here's what I do if it comes from your Heavenly Father and it lines up with Scripture, Just go with it. If it comes from the Heavenly Father and it lines up with the book, just go with it. You say, well, I wasn't raised that way. That's all right. You didn't pick how you were raised in church. Your parents put you in one, all right? There's a chance, a chance, small, there's a chance that they were not correct in everything. I'm not throwing them under the bus. There's a chance. This dude right here is without error. It's it's without error. Line up with this, not with a denomination. You'll be much happier if you do. Let yourself be stretched because stretching is good for you. It feels good. If it comes from the Father and it lines up with Scripture, just go with it. Just go with it. You can't stay where you are. And go with God at the same time. If you truly want to know, truly want to experience and do the will of God, make whatever adjustments you need to make today. You're the only one that knows. The question on the floor is, will you do it? Will you do it? I'm going to ask you to stay in church. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. If you're on the ministry team, you come down at this time. Faith, action. Faith, action. Many of you have faith. You have more faith today than you had yesterday, but you're stuck between this this valley of faith and action. You're scared to step. You're scared to adjust what needs to adjust to do what you need to do. I'm asking you to do this. If you know what it is today, do it. Just do it. Adjust whatever needs, whatever the adjustments are, do those adjustments. Make those adjustments. And I promise you, I'll I'll give you money back if, if I'm lying. You'll be richer for it. You'll be richer for it. When my beliefs were stretched, I asked the Father to help my unbelief. And the Father said this to me. I'm not going to help your unbelief. I'm going to heal your unbelief. Because if I only help it, you're going to come back, Jeff. But if I heal it, you're gone, baby. Amen. You're gone. And I've been gone ever since. All right. Let him do what he wants to do so bad in you. But you make that first step first step in those adjustments. First step. You know him. Do it. Let me pray over us. Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you have spoken. And I pray, Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you move us. God, if we need to move in the area of adjustments, that we do it for your glory. In Christ's name, amen, amen. If you need to come, church, you come.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using The Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.